The Secrets of Technology is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Technology. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Technology, where we discuss the technology news that's important to you from a uniquely Catholic point of view. And joining me today on the panel are, to my left, (laughs) in person, Pat Scott. Hi, Pat. Hello there. And uh, across the interwebs, all the way in Montana, Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father Corey. How's it going? I am not in the same room, unlike those two. I know. Someday, someday we will record in the same room. Uh... Yes, uh, Pat is uh, my mother-in-law, and she's come to visit her her uh, children and grandchildren, and uh, so we've had the pleasure of having her here, and we figure we better have her on uh, uh, at least one podcast while she's here. And so, <laughs> take, take advantage of not having the Skype leg. Yeah, yes, yes, exactly, exactly. So uh, let's let's get into uh, today's news. There's so much news at this time of year, so there's a lot to talk about. First, let me talk uh, about my new phone. Yes, I had mentioned before that I was getting a new phone, so I have the new iPhone uh, 11 Pro Max. <laughs> I, oh, so you, you so you got everything but gold plating? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it and and it doubles as a surfboard. This thing is huge. <laughs> if there's flooding, I'm getting on top of it and sailing away along with my whole family. I mean, it's a big phone. Uh, but it's I it's my first phone in two years. I I had the iPhone 10 before, and I've upgraded. So, you know, I skipped a year on the upgrade. This is an amazing phone. I love. All of the the bits and bobs, still finding out stuff about it. I love the the uh, photography. The camera is amazing, and uh, love the wide angle. That's that's once something I was really looking forward to. When you have a big Catholic family like I do, or I I think it's a medium <laughs> Catholic family, but you know some people think it's big. Getting all five kids plus the adults into one shot that can be tricky. So uh, <clears throat> it's it's been nice getting that going. Um, so a couple of things I wanted to mention though when when you're upgrading. Uh, whether you're upgrading to a new phone or upgrading your iOS, uh, when if if you're getting a new phone and you're switching from your carrier's upgrade plan, like uh, I have AT and T, and for years I've always bought my phones from AT and T. If you're switching to an Apple upgrade plan using Apple's upgrades or bringing your own phone, it took me forever to figure out how do I activate my new phone. Like I got to get the box, got all the things set up, and now it's activate your phone. I'm like. Well, how do I get my number from the old phone to the new phone? How do I transfer the service? I couldn't <laughs> find it anywhere. Turns out you take out the SIM card and you move it to the new phone. Yeah. Simple as that. I, yeah, I, this is this is like every other phone out there. I hate to tell yeah, you. Well, yeah, I, I, well, I just assumed it was a complicated procedure. I mean, it used to be really uh, complicated. I'd never done this. Technically, you, the, it also has an eSIM. And if I'd wanted to, I could have called AT&T and put myself through that torture so that they would activate the eSIM with my old number. Uh, and that would leave the SIM slot free. If I was the sort of person who traveled a lot and needed to uh, put in, you know, local SIMs. I, I don't, I don't travel a lot. So I'm, I'm happy with the way it is. Uh, another tip, unpair your Apple watch from your phone and then, then pair it again afterward. Otherwise I ended up with all kinds of messiness trying to, I had to, 
like pair my phone, my watch like three times before it would actually correctly work with my, my phone. Uh, one thing, this is true for everyone who upgrades uh, from one level of iOS to another, from one you know integer to the next. You have to go back in and turn Wi-Fi calling back on. So you go into settings, phone, and Wi-Fi calling. I, I have terrible um, AT and T service at my in my house. Like I don't, I get like one bar. So I use Wi-Fi calling, uh, but you have to remember to turn it back on. And then, um, hmm. and that's it. I have heard about some iPhone iOS 13 bugs, like the new operating system. Uh, well, they, lots of they talk did about bring it. out they did bring out 13.1 like a week later. Matter yes. fact, I purposely waited because I, I I don't remember if it was you Dom or someone else that mentioned that there were issues with iOS 13 iPad OS. Of course, I have an iPad, right? But so I purposely turned off the up, auto update on my iPad uh, so that it wouldn't go to iOS 13 on me well, until yeah, 13.1 came out. Yeah, actually, you know. iPad OS came out at the same time as 13.1 for the phone. So uh, so you weren't in, well, in danger of getting 13.0 on your iPad. Yeah, because 13.1 yes. uh, right. is what i There were some issues right up front with, um, uh, what was there? Something about there was a, a, some way to get into your contacts, some tricky way to get into your contacts through Siri. Didn't activate anything. Uh, accidentally, hmm. you know, if someone was fiddling with your phone, some obscure like bug to get into your contacts, and they they fixed that. Um, there's a uh, other people have talked about bugginess. I haven't run into it, but frankly, there's always bugginess in a brand new right. operating system upgrade. So you know now, now Dom, do you do the like the iCloud? So a lot of your data and stuff just as soon as you brought up the new phone and logged in, you just zipped right over. Well, as soon as is a bit of a misnomer. <laughs> I mean, yes, it all started downloading again. Uh, so there's supposed to be a thing where nowadays you can, if you have a, a modern, a, a fairly new phone that you're upgrading from, you can actually hold your phone to ne near the new phone mm -hmm. and it will transfer everything locally. Uh, right. It didn't work for some reason on mine. And so then it mm -hmm. had to download everything from the cloud, which takes, See, I takes forever. See, I, I've done that. I did that in Android with Android when I went from my previous phone to the Pixel that I've been using now for three years, and it was it was that easy where I just went click. Yeah. Okay, we see it. Yeah, it should have happened that way for me, and it didn't. And it, it yeah, it because it as as I recall, it's, it's correctly because I have way too many apps, as everyone points out to me. Yeah. Uh, but it took I, forever for it to download. Right. I, I, I do have one rant, though, about upgrading iOS, and I mentioned this to Dom before, iPadOS. Now they yeah. call it iPadOS versus just iOS. Yes. But so last night, you know, I saw that the 13.1 update was available for my iPad, which actually surprised me because this is a five or six year old Air 4. I can't even remember what iPad it is, but it's I've had it for like five or six years. They're still updating it. But anyways, I hit the download update. I'm thinking that means it's going to download and update. Yes. No. It just it just downloaded it. It was until just now when I turned on my iPad and went, what do you mean you're saying install now? <laughs> Apple, when I say to download the update, install it. Right, right. It's not like on a, on a PC, you know, a desktop computer where those are two separate functions. Like just if I say download the update, I, I, I'm going to want you to install it, too. Yeah. I don't I mean, want if, to if I wanted to do around. some kind of if I wanted to do some kind of corporate thing where I'm installing lots and lots of iPads and I know there's an offline way to do it. I'm going to go to the Apple website and get that offline way to do it. Yeah. If I'm just doing it on my iPad, download it. Right, right. 
So, uh, Pat, how how has your upgrading been? Have you done the upgrades uh, while you're away from home? Um, I did the upgrade right. Uh, I think that mor- the morning that it came out, and it went fine. I found a little lag in the beginning on a couple of things that I was doing, but then closing the app, reopening it, yeah. you know, and then it's, I haven't had any problems since then. I think a lot of times a lot of caches need to get rebuilt. Um, it's the OS will be moving things around for a while afterwards. So that that's often happens. I think, uh, with it, it. you got to wait a a day or two before things settle down. Uh, and that's pretty much true for any computing device, frankly, these days. Yeah, exactly. All right. So, all right. So, uh, I'm sure there'll be more to talk about this, this, this developing news about, uh, you know, uh, iOS and it's, and you know some bugs. Some people are saying it's a buggier upgrade than before, but I, I don't know if that's necessarily true. That'll all shake out soon. So let's move on to our, the first of our regular segments, though. Uh, there, there was this article in the Atlantic magazine, uh, and it was headlined provocatively: "I won't buy my teenagers smartphones." And it's this mom writing who who writes that you know. They are an all-American family. Her husband is a naval officer, and her kids, you know, go to regular high school, and they watch, you know, Parks and Rec and The Office and, you know, so on and so forth. They they, they play sports. They're just normal, all-American family. But they're her teenage boys, they're, let's see, she has a 14-year-old who just started high school and a brother who's 13, I guess, is, is, is his, uh, his brother. They don't have smartphones of their own. Now they have tablets in the house, probably you know iPads or something like that. Um, they they use game consoles. They watch TV, but they don't have smartphones. And she she talks about why they have decided not to. And uh, I, I want to you know it's a quote from the article here. Uh, she mentions this um, uh, study, a twenty five year study of the differences between. Um, I think that's what this is. Oh, no, sorry. It's a book. I'm so sorry. This is also this is a study in a book she mentions. She mentions a book by this uh, author, Richard Louvre, called Last Child in the Woods. And he says, uh, Louvre asserts that children suffer from nature deficit disorder when they don't spend enough time under the sky among other living creatures. Already in the habit of limiting our kids' screen time, it was natural to delay buying them electronics. We relented with the purchase of tablets, mainly for use during our frequent trips to visit faraway family, but we never graduated to smaller and more portable devices. We wanted our children to spend their time playing outside and reading books and talking with us, so we never bought them phones. And it's an interesting article because I think a lot of families struggle with this question. When do we, when or if we buy phones for our kids? Often it's about convenience, you know, so they can right. call us or safety, you know, in case they didn't get into a dangerous situation. But there are other things that come up in this socialization and other stuff. What do you think about this? I mean, it's a very different world from when we were kids. Father, you know, Father mm-hmm. Corey, you're you're a few years younger than I am, but I think still it was it was different when you were young. Oh, very much so, very much so. I mean, I, I remember we had computers, we had uh, game systems, we didn't have tablets, but you you could really argue that the iPad is kind of the modern day version of the home computer, right? You know, and. We still, there were times when mom said, turn that thing off and go outside. Or turn off the TV, you know, MTV or whatnot. Yeah, or TV. Yeah, yeah we had, you know, we had cable and everything, you know. So I, I, I actually agree with the, the premise of the article. And frankly, I would say, you know, if, if the concern is about safety, if the concern is about convenience for being able to get a hold of the kid or the kid being able to call home, 
here's I know this this sounds so radically uncool. Get an old style flip phone. You can still get them, and generally the cell companies will give them away. Right. I mean, it won't even like add to a contract. It's just like here, we don't want it. You can use it. You know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I mean, because then that does allow them to keep in touch with family, and they can text, and they can send make calls, and all that, and keep their contacts, and take pictures. But they don't have the apps, and I think that's the big concern: is how many times do we see people in public? In public places, even when we're with friends and we're all looking down at our phones. Right. Well, I've seen debate back and forth. Often people are on their phones doing social things like looking up a restaurant to go to or they're they're in a museum and wanting to find out more about a painting. And and so there's but your point is is valid, I think, that um, getting kids habituated into staring at, at the devices and talking to other people who are sometimes in the same room. Through mm-hmm. a screen, uh, maybe a little weird. Pat, what do you think of this? Uh, the article uh, here. Uh, just remembering when you said talking about a about a screen, I remember back in the days of just early PC. Stephen and I would sit there and email back and forth to each other on the other side of the table. It was very convenient. But uh, and you know, I gave my kids pagers in order to be able to get them to come home at a certain time. Mm-hmm. So. The importance of being able to hold of a child to tell them there was a doctor appointment or something like that, or to pick them up, or a, a, something has been canceled, I need to go pick them up. Those are all very valid. I think as a family, you can really emphasize the outdoor and the, the reading and a lot of other things and limit the use of a, a smart device by saying maybe, hey, hand them a, a, a common phone as you walk out the door. Right, but not necessarily say they can't use a phone or they can't use something that's got text on it. I think there's there's some, you know, there's extremes, and I, I'm kind of down the middle. I think you need to look at uh, making sure your kids have the right values of being outdoors and playing and reading and all those things, but you still have to look at the realities of sometimes you need to get a hold of them. Right, I I agree. Um, so. So here's my situation, and I've talked about this on my other podcast that I do with my wife, Melanie, uh, called uh, Raising the Bets. Uh, we've talked about the, the we've encountered the issue of my 13-year-old is starting to be out and doing, you know, extracurricular sort of things. We homeschool, but she's starting to be out and about doing stuff. And do we get her a phone? And so far we haven't. What we have so far is we've had a bunch of iPads, you know, some old iPads uh, that we've kept around. And we have some old phones that that are that, that don't have a phone plane on them. They're just app devices that we use mainly for like audio audiobooks and that's in music and that sort of stuff. And those pretty much stay in the home. And in fact, uh, and my daughter uses it to take pictures when we go places. So, but the question is, is do we get them a phone? And so far, that hasn't been. We 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 haven't said yes on that. And. My kids are not nature deprived. I mean, they are. They, in fact, they're outdoors more than most kids because, partly because they're homeschooled and they're up in a tree or they're hanging, sitting in a hammock in the backyard reading a book. Or like yesterday, they went on a field trip to a nature preserve. I mean, they're they're out they're outdoorsy types. Uh, but but the 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 question that you know, and when I was a kid, and when we were all all of us were kids, when we were out, we need to make a phone call. There were pay phones. There are no pay phones anymore. Right. So that's an issue. And I, I, I like the idea, like we mentioned that the uh, Pat, that the, about the pagers, because there was still a need uh, to get in touch with kids. 
because otherwise they don't have the freedom that we want them to have to just go, you know, go, go do things. And then I can be in touch with you and get you back when I need you. If we didn't have that, uh, we'd be, you know, dragging them back on a constant basis uh, <laughs> looking for. Um, are you OK? Are you OK? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, uh, where, where are you? You're not you're not here. Uh, so, sort of thing, you know, in, and we got to go to a, this thing or you've got an appointment. So there, there is that. Uh, but one of the things that came up out of this out of this uh, article for me was it was less about convenience and safety that that this the friction that this mom was encountering from other parents like, well, you don't you don't give your kids a phone. Uh, it was less about convenience and safety. And it was more about um, socialization. People were concerned that their kids would not be properly socialized if they couldn't Snapchat and Instagram and text message with their friends. And, and I, I just, for example, it says here, um, how today's te- in the article, how today's teenagers spend their time is immensely different from how every preceding generation of teens back to the baby boomers spent theirs. And all evidence of cause points to the emergence of the smartphone and the birth of social media. Now, as we said before, before smartphones, there was, Internet connected devices, you know, computers, game consoles before that TV. So, you know, there, there has been other things there. But when did, the, the, as the author of the article says, when did sitting at home isolated by closed doors and earbuds become a social life? You know? Right. Well, it, it's, I, I'm sorry. Social networks are the most misnamed things in the history of humanity. The anti social networks. They are not <laughs> social. Social media is not social. Facebook is not social. If anything, it's causing more social problems, more division, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat, than it is helping. And so, I mean, I'd say I, I agree again with the... In, in the societal yeah. level, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yes, you can point to specific people that are using it better than others, but I, by and large, it's causing so right. many tro- so many problems. It really is not a social thing because social is ultimately face to face, right? You know, literally you are looking someone in the eye, not over a phone. And what I would, what my recommendation, you know, if a, if a parent here in my parish came to me and said, should I give my kid a smartphone? I would say, no, I would say, start with, like I said, a flip phone, a basic cell phone, what, something where right. they can make calls, they can text, they can take pictures with it. But, there's no Facebook, there's no Twitter, there's no internet, there's no surfing. It's just a phone. When they show responsibility with that and they understand the good and the bad of the social media, then you can discuss upgrading to something. Right. But these people who they're eight years old and they're throwing a kid a that's you know, a low-end iPhone, that's, that's a problem. That's, that gets, that's a real problem. Yeah, it's not 14 years old that they're giving the kids are getting phones. They're getting phones at... Eight years old, nine years old. You know, I have a friend who her daughter just uh, started high school and she does. She's never given her a smartphone. Just has never you know, needed to. And and the, the pressure is coming from the school itself. Teachers saying to the students, uh, you know, OK, now take out your phone and and look up on Google, you know, whatever. And you're thinking and, right. and she's perplexed because what does my daughter do? She doesn't have a phone. She's you're putting her behind. And the school already has rules in place where the kids aren't supposed to be using their personal devices in class. They're supposed to actually they have these, uh, you know, shoe organizers on the back of the door that they're supposed to put their phones in that they'd never go into. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. it, 
they're they're violating their own policies and putting pressure on families that their kids are supposed to have these phones. Well, of course you have a phone, and and it becomes that more yet another thing where we have to be countercultural because we disagree with this this trend. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's really tricky. Uh, you know, there's a the article mentions uh, this wait until eighth movement, which is a uh, a movement of parents of kids who uh, you know that started at this one school to band together to pledge not to give their children smartphones until at least eighth grade. I mean, eighth grade that's the that's the courage point, I guess, <laughs> is to hold on till eighth yeah. grade. Now it's just it's 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 astonishing to me. Um, one of the things I've I read recently was about the the pressures that that are on girls using Instagram and the, mm-hmm. the social pressures around not just posting pictures, but their requirement in their social circles to like and comment on in certain ways within a certain amount of time of a picture being posted, no matter what time of day. Right. And like, I think we talked about this actually uh, in an earlier episode of secrets of tech about uh, a girl that, um, was 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 staying awake all night uh, in fear that she would miss one of these posts and wouldn't wouldn't comment in time. I mean, mm. just it, it's just astonishing. I you know I think you know, so maybe that's what parents need to do is they start need to banding together with and, other like minded parents. And, and to be clear, you know, I, you know, obviously this is the secrets of tech. We're not against this technology, right? I mean, I I, I obviously railed on social media, but. By and large, you know, we all have smartphones. Every single, all three of us here have smartphones sitting in front of us right now. Right. And we, but we also have learned how to use the technology. I hope we've learned how to use the technology responsibly. A lot of kids, even into high school, haven't learned that. I'm glad I didn't have a smartphone when I was a kid. Right. I would have not talked to anybody. I would just sat in a corner somewhere and played with that stupid smartphone all day. It would have been very easy to just sit there and, and, you know, veg out and, or frankly, to sneak it during class, and yeah, you know, it, the kids are I mean, clever was, enough. Yeah, I was the kid. I was the kid where I would sit and play on my Commodore sixty four or my NES or Super Super NES until mom literally said, "You turn that thing off and go outside." Yeah. My mom said that on a daily basis during the summer. <laughs> I I remember my mom kicking me out the door and saying, "Do not do not pass this door again." Until I call you for for lunch or supper or oh, our, 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 ours was until the streetlights turn on, which, of course, in Montana and North Dakota, that's very late at the night <laughs> yeah, during yeah. summer. <laughs> Go outside and play. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, so. All right. So uh, if, if you if listeners have any, you know, any comment on this or anything they want to uh, uh, weigh in on with this uh, topic, we'd love to hear from you. What do you do? in your family, uh, you know, and, and if you've made a different choice, if you've, dis- if you've given the, a phone to uh, your younger children, I'd love to hear, you know, what you think about it and, and, and your reasoning. Um, I'm, every, everybody's going to do what's right for them. And so I, I, I'd love to find out why you, you know, your choice was different. It's just a, it would be interesting to hear that. So if I'd love to hear from, from folks like that. All right. So let's move on to our second, uh, segment today with this was an interesting one this came in from a listener listener james sent in this link and it's an article that originates at uh, zdnet called a microsoft salesman gave me a clever reason to dump my iphone and it as as i read it i i thought this is more than just about a, a clever salesman this is a guy who is a true believer uh so mm-hmm. so let me just tell a little bit about this uh so this zdnet uh, journalist is 
who uses an iPhone was in his mall and saw a Microsoft store and saw them. They were pushing Samsung phones. They said, and th- there was a sign that said, if you, um, if you trade in your, um, your iPhone, if you give them their iPhone, they will give you up to $650 in exchange for it, uh, for, for a Samsung galaxy note 10. And, uh, mm-hmm. and so this, the guy's like, you know, uh, why are you, how can you afford this? Why is, why is Microsoft doing this? And so the salesman um, was so, uh, such, like, I, like I said, a true believer. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of some of the, some of the ways he, he's, uh, the, it's described as fervent enthusiasm. Um, he says yeah. um, the, the guy showed him the Surface Pro 6s and he was showing them, and, and he said things like, well, you you know the, there are things you can do that you can't do on your iPhone, and uh, you know you can have Outlook and Word and Excel and OneDrive. By the way, you can do all those things on your iPhone. Um, <laughs> and uh, I'm, it would I'm, change your life, I think he said. Yes, it would change your yeah. life to switch to to you know the Microsoft Surface and the Samsung Galaxy. I think partly it's Samsung Galaxy because Microsoft doesn't make a phone anymore. Um, right. He says. Uh, Six months ago, I knew nothing about computers and nothing about phones, and now I'm teaching six, seven, and eight-year-olds how to run a business on these things. To which the the reporter asks, "Do we really want kids running businesses?" Uh, um, sure. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I'm not sure that's the selling point. Uh, with an iPhone, you get five gigs. With a Note, you get a terabyte. Which I think he's comparing apples and oranges. Uh, or, or maybe it is. With, with with a note, you get a terabyte of space in the cloud. No, actually, well, I w- yeah, when I, I think it up, I it think was... uh, Samsung is bought is part of the Google Drive thing, where you get a terabyte of storage on right. Google Drive. But more than that, they have a five hundred and twelve gigabyte phone, and when you could put another five twelve gigabyte SIM in there, and that's where the terabyte oh. comes in. So he's comparing the store on phone storage. Okay, with, sure. With cloud storage, but even at that, he's wrong because you can have a five twelve gigabyte actually, phone. Right. Exactly. Actually, actually you know, as I'm thinking about this more, I, I might be wrong on the Google Drive. I bet you it's with Microsoft Office 365. Yeah, you get a terabyte there. I bet you get the terabyte of storage with Office 365 if you get this is going to be part of the package with the note. But you have to well, pay, you, you have to pay for that. For I think I I haven't looked at the details. I haven't looked at the details, but it might be one of these things where like the first year you get No, no, it's it's you storage. get a terabyte free when you get the subscription. If you have a free Microsoft account, you get a 5 gig uh, storage just like you do with Apple but storage. But maybe Microsoft is giving a year of Office That's for what free. I'm... No, they're not. Okay. No, no, because I do this all the time. Okay, all right. <laughs> Students can get a reduced uh, copy, and you can use Office in the cloud at no charge. But you can't. Uh, you have to use the OneDrive in order to save documents. You can't put it back down on your computer. Yeah, what's what? What fascinated me about this article was how the salesman, his name was Oscar was so evangelical. This is the sort of thing you'd expect someone who wants to share their faith with you. They want to share uh their, you know, their 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 um their their love of Jesus and and what Jesus has done for their life. Uh mm-hmm. he's sharing his love of Microsoft and what Microsoft has done for his life. And I, and it was, it's a fascinating uh look at at how I, mean, I don't know what Oscar's faith life is like. I mean, it doesn't come up at all here. And, <laughs> but it, it's it's interesting how we can become evangelical about certain things in our life and become a true believer. And it, uh, 
in our society, as fewer and fewer people are evangelical and passionate about faith, religion, I think we're going to see more and more people become passionate and evangelical about other stuff that takes its place. And tech is one of those things. And unfortunately, just like in religion, when you have people of differing beliefs uh, uh, clashing, <laughs> you, you have uh, violent, violent rhetoric, perhaps. I, you know, sometimes you see that between people who I'm a, I'm a Android guy. I'm an iPhone guy. Let's fight about it online. Or Mac and Windows. Or Mac and Windows. That's been or, a big thing yeah, along, yeah, for a yeah, long time. Yeah, or people just have, they've had made different choices in their technology, and it suddenly becomes a value argument. Like my, mm -hmm. you know, this is superior uh, in, in, from a moral moral standpoint. I just thought it was an interesting article. I, I mean, I don't know if you guys had any comment on that uh, aspect of it. Well, it, it, I mean, obviously the 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 evangelical zeal, as you you mentioned, is is quite interesting in this. And and you know, to be fair, that means he's a good salesman. Right. He's, he's doing his job and he's doing his job really, really well. But I also think it's interesting from the standpoint of Microsoft and Samsung that they're working together. They realize if they're going to overcome Apple in their different spheres. Right. They've got to work together. Yes. Well, and the other thing that struck me was, you know, the story of the lonely Maytag repairman. I have heard a lot of people say, you know, when they go to the Apple store, it's really, really, really crowded. And they walk into the Microsoft store, which is about up two blocks in our in our uh, shopping center. They're two blocks apart. And there might be one person in the Microsoft store. So yeah. I was just thinking that, that, you know, they're looking for anything to get people to come in. And they just recently sent me an email saying, hey, you could bring your computer in for a free checkup. <laughs> you know, I think they're desperate. <laughs> hey, what are you doing this weekend? Uh, you busy? <laughs> come, come, yeah, come exactly. Have, have, have a drink. Uh, so, so we're going to have some coffee here. <laughs> <laughs> interesting. Very, very. So I, I just thought that was an interesting little story. Uh, and uh, we'll have links to these in the show notes, of course. And thank you to listener James for sending that in. Uh, it was very good. Uh, so a few more headlines, uh, quicker things, maybe the, there was a headline, uh, again, um, I think Thomas uh, Sanherjo, uh, one of our panelists, shared mm. this with me and uh, brought this in here. There's a podcast called Talk Python to Me, and it's called pa uh, Python Conversations for Passionate Developers. There's that passionate aspect again. But this particular mm. episode uh, that they recently had features a Dominican friar, Cornels Van Liet, who is a scholar of medieval Islamic, Islamic philosophy at Utrecht University in the Netherlands, Utrecht, we, we have a friend who lives in the <laughs> Archdiocese of Utrecht, Father Roderick, uh, and he's using Python to, how, is, how do you describe it, to analyze the ancient Islamic texts. Um, so he's uh, bringing, let's see, uh, well, it doesn't say exactly what he's doing. You'll have to listen to that, to that podcast to, to, to get the details. But I just thought it was a fascinating you know, way you know, to see that People of faith using these technology tools oh, yeah. to, you know, to do some of these amazing, you know, studies in the humanities, not even just in mm -hmm. science and engineering, but in the humanities as well. So uh, it's a fascinating little story there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, then there's another story, just something to be aware of, uh, that there's been reports that HB printers are sending a ton of data analytics back home. Uh, but Pat, that, that that might not be something we're supposed to, we should worry about, right? Right, because really, what as far as I my understanding is, HP has what they call an instant ink 
thing. And so in order to find out how much you're using paper and ink during the time so that they can send it to you in time, they gather things like the number of pages you print and things like that. And there's a lot of software that has to, in order to be able to make sure that the next release is taking care of bugs, there's a lot of analytics that are looking for things like trouble indicators or volume scaling problems. And I think people get really paranoid about that type of thing. Right. And there's also they have a uh, HP in the cloud print service yes, as well. Yes, that's true. You can say mm-hmm. uh, you can designate your printer to have a special email address that is generated for you. And then if I'm out in I'm here, I could send a job to my printer at home if I were using that cloud connected service. But that's one more of those things that Internet connected things. I'm not always fond of of the security mm-hmm. involved with those. Right. But but it's a legitimate thing. If I'm a I'm out traveling and I want to have something printed at my home office, that's a legitimate thing. Yeah, I think sometimes people get real concerned about these, you know, oh these the, my printer is talking you know, sending information back to HP and what they but in order to get the service that you're buying, it has to do these things. You have to let it yeah. communicate. So, yeah, this so it says um there's it's setting information about the documents you print, including timestamps, number of pages, and the application doing the printing. But HP says they don't look at the contents of the documents, which makes sense. Right. Uh, so they're collecting some analytics, probably to help them make better printers, to be better about the ink being used, and mm. that sort of stuff. Well, and, and again, to send ink so that it's there in time when they run out of ink. That's right. what that instant ink program does. Right. It's supposed yeah. to automatically send you more ink uh, as soon as you need it. So, And I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind having that. I mean, I, my, I've got a HP color printer that I print out the, the cover of our bulletins on, and it goes through a toner, each toner cartridge about once a month, you know, right. four cartridges. And be nice is as soon as I replace one cartridge, it would you know immediately send the order in. That being said, it's also eleven years old, and so it doesn't. <laughs> you don't want. I, I'm happy. It's at least it's a network printer, but it doesn't have call home to mama. Mode. Right, yeah. right. I, I actually have one of those new HP printers with Instant Ink. I've only just got it, so I'll be curious to see how it works over time. We don't print a ton of stuff here, uh, but but uh, to see how it works over over time, so how quickly it sends the ink and how quickly the ink runs out in the cartridges. Yeah, the awkward thing about that is you have to estimate what your cost of how many pages you're going to use per month. No, and, it, well, it, it's um, no, it just does it based on um. Just when you run out, it sends a new one. Well, because the plans that I've helped people sign up for within the last month have all said, do you print 10 pages a month, 50 pages a month, 100? And you pay on a monthly basis for that much. But if you go over, then they charge you an overage charge, kind of like a data charge. And that's what I don't really like. Yeah. That uncertainty of that. Now, if they've got a new plan. Yeah, yeah, so it must be a slightly different version Hmm. of it. Oh, good. It'll be important to keep an eye on exactly what you're signing up for. That's that's the trick is they sometimes have various options and some of them may may or may not be as good uh, for you as the other ones. And then the other big news this week was again. This is September is time when everyone rolls out their hardware in time for uh, Christmas. Amazon, which is famously uh, even, I think they they hold their their cards closer to the vest than Apple does. Like there were no rumors about this stuff as far as I'd seen. Mm. Uh, they announced their new devices. Their their all these gadgets, a bunch of Echo devices. Now, <clears throat> let me just say up front, 
I'm not sure I want Alexa everywhere. <laughs> like, I don't know why <laughs> I would need the some of these things. Like, I don't necessarily need it in every room. And so let, let me tell you what they've got. Well, uh, we have the Echo Loop Ring. That's right, a ring with Echo on it. So you the can... one one ring to bind them all. Oh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> yes, Ooh. I know. I'm a little worried about. It. They did buy. You know, the, they are making the new Middle Earth series, so they might have uh, gotten a little uh, into that. But uh, yeah, I mean, you're supposed to like whisper to your ring and have it turn on the lights. I I don't. I, I'm not sure why. Like, what is it for? This is this is so. This is the. Um, this says you you pair it with your Android phone. Doesn't work with mm. Apple, and um, you can it will it can vibrate to receive notifications. But I'm like I still with have their, to pull up my phone. You know, it looks like with this and then the other other device you're talking about, we're going to talk about the frames. Yes, yeah. they're bringing out glasses frames with Amazon Echo. Yes, it. that's the other one. They're trying they're trying to move in on the Google Assistant market now. Yes, they've got a good chunk of the home market. Now they're trying to get the Google Assistant where I can pick up my phone anywhere. I can be sitting in my car with Bluetooth and Google do this. Right. And it will, you know, it will answer. You can't do that with Alexa right now. That's true. Right. Well, I mean, you can you can you can't do it on your phone, but you can. You know, right. You, you could do it with the Alexa in your in your in your home, wherever there's a, a, an echo speaker somewhere. But if but if you're you're on you you're in rush hour traffic and. You know, right. you, your assistant is going to be Siri or Google. Right. It, yes, it is. Uh, you, you, or you can have the app, but then that's one more step to put it on. Yeah. Siri, open Alexa. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> crash. Yes. <laughs> crash. Uh, but uh, there, there's actually already an Echo Auto, so you can you can already get one in your car. Um, it would be interesting. The ring would be interesting if it had an NFC in it. So you could say put mm -hmm. your uh, your. Um, Rapid like transit pass on it. Oh, there you go. You know, and you could just put the or pay for stuff with it. And you could do like, you know, Wonder Twin Powers activate as you pay for stuff. Yeah. That would be awesome. Uh, and you'd be people would know you're old. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so there's the ring. Uh, there's the uh, the glasses, the, the, the called echo frames that we mentioned. And yeah, it's right. They're they're frames. You have to get the prescription separately. Amazon won't do your prescriptions for you. You got to take it to an optician. Um, and, and these these the, and these aren't like the Google Glass no, where it had the little display. little thing that sat in front of your eye where you could read it. It just was all audio. Right. This it's, is just a. There's no AR component to it, which seems to be lacking. That that doesn't seem. That seems to be. I mean, if you're gonna put it, these chunky things on your glasses and you have to do everything by listening to it. And it's going to be this little, it, it, this is, there's not headphones. This is a little speaker that speaks right next to your Just head. Just right over your ears. Yeah. Uh, it would be creepy. A little ASMR from, uh, from Alexa. <laughs> I'm right behind you. Ah! <laughs> yeah. So there's that. Uh, this one looked interesting, the Echo Studio. So basically what they're doing now, this is a, uh, a Echo speaker like, like we've had, but it's tuned for sounding really good. Like the HomePod, it's basically a HomePod competitor. Um, so mm -hmm. it's Alexa in a in a HomePod, and uh, then they have the new Echo Show, which is uh, slightly bigger. But the big news there is it's uh, one hundred twenty nine dollars. It's one hundred dollars less. So they're really making these um, more affordable. And there's like a half a dozen other Echoes uh, that mm -hmm. they came out with. One with a clock on it. One that just plugs into an outlet. 
Um, just like Echo, <laughs> Alexa will be everywhere. They did have an yeah. Alexa uh, microwave at one point, too, didn't they? Last year, they introduced the Alexa microwave. This year, it was the Alexa um, Coffee pot? Uh, oven. It oven. Was oven. So um, you could tell, uh, you know, Alexa to nuke my coffee, I guess. Yeah. I, no, I was, I was going to say, you know, if, um, if, if Keurig happens to be listening, <laughs> Google and Alexa can... can Coordination with Keurigs would be a good thing. Alexa, make <laughs> me some coffee. <laughs> exactly. <Zap. laughs> That's sexist. You have to change it to a guy's voice. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. I'll have to edit that out. Alex. <laughs> yeah, Alex. Uh, Alex, make me some coffee. Uh, but actually, I, I, ha- I already have that. <laughs> Lucy is my youngest. Lucy, make daddy some coffee. That works. Yeah, some some of us don't have that privilege. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> the privilege of, fa- of fatherhood. All right. So very interesting to, to see all these Echo devices coming from Amazon. Not much other than Echo stuff. They're, like, there's not much in the way of uh, Fire TV or stuff like that. Um, there were some Ring uh, cameras, the, some new Ring stuff. Uh, they have a new cheaper Eero mesh uh, system, a little less capable. They've taken a, you know, a, a bit of the e- of the power out of it and package it so it's cheaper which is you know interesting uh so very very interesting um in time for the holidays that's the christmas shopping is really how they time things so it'll be it'll be interesting to see i'm not sure any of these really uh grab me except except maybe the show i like the idea of a screen that i can pull up like say when the when the ring doorbell rings uh it, it automatically will pull up the the camera on that. I, I like that idea because on the phone, it comes up very slowly. Uh, mm-hmm. so, all right. So let's move on then to our picks of the week. I guess uh, that we've come to that point of the show. Uh, Father Corey, what's your pick of the week? So my pick is uh, it's actually a, a program that's been around for quite a while, quite a few years, but they've just added something really interesting for those of us who are Catholic, Catholic geeks. Um, Duolingo, the, the language app, has added Latin studies. You can yep. now study Latin, which they haven't had for a very long time. It's only within the last month or so they brought it out. And it's, it's really nice because if you've used Duolingo, you know that it, it does a good job of stepping you through the language. When you, when you study Latin in a lot of schools, they'll sit there and they'll, you, know, you have to do the declensions and all this stuff and, and do the charts of them, you know, single, uh, First person singular, second person singular, third person singular, da, da, all the way down the list, the whole works. And it just, you get so caught up in these declensions, everything else kind of gets lost. Well, Duolingo doesn't deal with that. They just start you right into the language. Right. And it's as, as simple as, you know, I am a man. Ego sum vir. Yep. That's, you know, that's where you start, yep. you know, and things like that. Well, so they brought out the Latin. Now, the only caveat I would have with it, it's, it's a great study. I've, I've been working on it kind of a little bit at a time. The only caveat I have with it is they do not have the option for ecclesial Latin. Right. right. It's classical so, Latin, right? It's classic Latin pronunciation. So instead of veer for man, it's weir. Oh. Which always seems weird to me. But uh, that <laughs> I, I like it as Monty Python. I like it as Monty Python and Pontius Pilate and Life of Brian <laughs> yeah. with his lisp. But, but anyways, it's just but other than that, if you can get past that. It, it's really nice because it helps you in, in listening to, you know, the, it'll read something and you've got to translate, you know, whatever it says into English or repeat, you know, type in what it said. And it's really nice for, you know, developing that listening, developing the vocabulary, picking up the words and it does nice and slow, you know, and it, like I said, it starts out with just, you know, 
you, I am a man into, you know, greetings, and then it goes on to plurals and on and on. Just as you go along, you know, you get deeper and deeper into language. So definitely, if you're interested in studying Latin, getting a little more comfortable with the language, this is definitely a good resource to do. And oh, by the way, if you don't want to pay for it, it's free completely. <laughs> That's good. Uh, yeah, the, the the benefit of Latin is is you know aside from it, you know, people go, oh, I, you know, do I want to read Cicero? Uh, but a, a, aside from reading ancient Latin authors, Latin is the basis for most of our modern European languages. And so, if you want to, yep. if you want to study those languages, or even be better at at English, uh, knowing your yep. Latin roots to words is very helpful. Well, so. and there's and then of course there's the obvious if you want to go to a Latin mass. <laughs> yes, again, that it'll be a little too. different, but Not yeah. Not 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 necessary that you know Latin go to Latin mass, but it definitely helps. Right, and if Latin's not your thing, uh, you can learn Klingon. <laughs> uh, they have Klingon, so <laughs> yes, they do. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Pat, what's your pick of the week? Well, I thought I would be different and uh, do a Windows uh, pick of the week. I have uh, purchased a book called The Windows Ten Field Guide. Some time ago, actually, I purchased the Windows 8 one way back when. A man named Paul Therott is the author, and he's very, very, very high in the Windows knowledgeable people. Extremely. He's on the Windows show on Twitter. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I've listened to that for years. Anyway, so he came out with the Windows 10 field guide, and it's a very well-written book, and you can pick it up as a lay person as opposed to a tech person and be able to find things pretty well. But for the tech, he really drills down quite deeply into uh, a lot of the, the innards of Windows 10. And the nice thing about it is if you buy it, uh, it comes to you as a PDF, and he sends updates. Every time there's a new update to here's a new release of Windows, he updates that and you get it free. So you, I can just uh, import it into my Kindle uh, uh, or into uh, Apple Books. And so I've always got my Windows 10 guide with me when I go to help clients with a problem or I'm researching something. Nice. And inexpensive at uh, $10. Yeah, it's very price. inexpensive. And uh, as I say, the fact that he keeps it updated all the time is a real ch- is a real grace. <laughs> That's good. Nice. Excellent. Well, this apparently is the episode for Field Guide Picks because mine is the Shortcuts Field Guide from Max Sparky. Uh, David Sparks is, is a longtime podcaster, but he's also been uh, made a lot of... Uh, guides, a lot of uh, video screencast guides uh, for software, um, Keyboard Maestro, OmniFocus, Hazel, some great Mac uh, software. But the latest is this Shortcuts field guide. Shortcuts is an app that comes on iOS, and it's it's an automation app. It lets you automate mm-hmm. all kinds of things. And I use uh, Shortcuts every day for, for running uh, the StarQuest network. If I didn't have all automation, I would never be able to, to do all the stuff I need to do. Uh, but the sh- the shortcuts field guide, it's something like a hundred some odd hours of, it's like 130 hours of content, some hmm. crazy thing, or or at least 130 hours that he's put into it. But it's hours and hours and hours of, of content from the very basics, introduction to shortcuts to advanced concepts uh for shortcuts uh, very, and then he gives tons of examples which is great i love that because it gives me ideas of things to do and uh it, it's uh yeah it's about let's see two three four it's about eight hours total uh yeah the 130 was how much time you put into it i think he, he was saying but it's like eight hours total video content but uh it's it's really a great course in 
in learning how to use this tool, which will make your iPhone or your iPad, uh, you know, a hundred times more useful for you. And and uh, mm-hmm. and I, like I said, I use it every day. So uh, and it's inexpensive. It's like twenty some odd dollars. Uh, for the course and then once you have it you always have it and he's very good at updating things as uh as new as new versions of the software come out so that's my pick of the week shortcuts field guide all right so before we finish i'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create secrets of technology including eric b mary n jason m tim c and declan m their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give Make it possible for us to continue the secrets of technology in all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. So that's it. That's it from us. Uh, what do you think of our discussion? You can let us know by visiting sqpn.com slash technology or the SQPN Facebook page at facebook.com slash starquestmedia. And leave us some feedback. You can also send us an email to technology at sqpn.com. And I'll put all the relevant links from our show on our show notes at sqpn.com. Be sure if, you, if you're if you listening to this from a file that someone has sent you or if you're listening on our website, make sure to subscribe to the podcast in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, pretty much anywhere you can get a podcast, you can listen. Uh, and you can also listen on our YouTube channel. Just look for SQPN's YouTube channel and subscribe there and hit the bell to get notifications. So until next time, Father Corey Stika, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of technology. Glad to be here. And thank you, Dom. And Pat Scott, thank you as well. It's fun as usual. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to the secrets of technology on StarQuest. Quest.